You're listening to the Seek First podcast for students with Stephanie Akiyama and Kurt Petershawn. Man, gotta love that upbeat I'm intro. You, it's got a beat to it. I like Special it. Special shout out to Jacob Fry. He is our uh, he's our main man. All Jacob. things techno, podcasty, video y. Yes. I'm not saying right all words, but all the cool things. Anything really that we've been putting out lately online on videos, you know, live streaming or um, you know, uh, filming the ser- the sermon. Yes. Things like that. if it looks good or sounds good, my buddy it's Jacob because Fry. Of Jacob. So <laughs> COVID was a you know obviously a, a, a tricky time for us, but it did bring us someone like that and 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 a cool opportunity to do this kind of stuff. That which is, is exactly really neat. right. Super um, excited. Can't be can't be too grouchy about things. You got to be <laughs> thankful for what you got, people. Amen. Um, so look, hey, today we get to start our very first actual topic and question uh, for our podcast here at Seek First. So thank you guys for listening. I am Kurt Petersheim here with Stephanie, Stephanie Akiyama. Yeah. All right. So um, today's first topic ever. Today's question is sent in by my good friend, Lindsay Branch. Uh, shout out to you, Lindsay. Had to text her today and be like, hey, can I say your name on the podcast? She was like, yeah. So, hey, we'll Lindsay. Say it a couple times. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. I know a lot of y'all know Lindsay. Lindsay's a good friend. So, uh, one of the students in our ministry, senior this year, she sent in this question for us. It says this, um, how do I fit in, can I, and I have that in quotation marks, fit in with my non-Christian friends? And uh, as a as a Christian, how do I fit in with my non Christian friends? And I I love the question because I think it's such a good um, it, it's pretty broad. I mean, it's something that I think is applicable to all of us, right? Right. And we've probably all at least wrestled with that if we're Christians. And yeah. um, what does it look like for me if I'm a believer in Jesus and I'm following Him? Uh, to and, and I guess the the heart behind the question being, you know, how do I how do I maybe not be the the weird person in the group all the time, or how do I feel like I can, you know, be part of a friend group that maybe isn't all believers or whatever, and still have those friends and not alienate myself from them and right. and all of that kind of stuff. So um, that's where we're at today. That's what yeah, we're gonna. That's, that's what we're gonna question. talk about. So um, the first thing, you know, when when I, when we got that question, I guess my first thought, and and just as I'm digging down into that and thinking, you know, what is really, I guess, behind behind the question? What's deeper in there? Uh, was this my first thought was simply this you know why why do we want to fit in right right as Christians why do we want to fit in and 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 how does that look for us so I guess the the two options would kind of be this so I would if for anyone listening I would say let's start here okay so if I'm thinking okay I have friends who aren't believers aren't following Jesus the way that I am let me first say that's okay that's good right right and yeah, we want to have we want that we yeah. want to be able to be, be right. friends with people yeah. um but here here's where I would go the two options why do I want to fit in, right? So option number one would be I want to fit in because I want to have an opportunity to have influence on people and and be able to share the gospel, shine the light of Jesus and, right. and all of that. But option two would be I want to fit in because I want to fit in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we start there. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes that's the bigger issue. We just, yeah. we don't want to be weird. We don't want to. <laughs> right. We don't. Nobody we wants don't to be want, weird. That's exactly right. And I remembered reading in um, Donald Miller 
put out a book called uh, Searching for God Knows What. Mm-hmm. And in it, he talked about this, uh, this assignment that he had when he was in late middle school, like eighth grade. And the, the, t- the teacher gave them like 20 bios of people. So, you yeah. know, John Doe is a lawyer and he has two kids and he blah, blah, blah. Um, Sam, he's, he just got out of jail and he, you know, so gave all of these different bios. Right. It's like a school project. Right. This is his school project. So you've got these 12 people that you're looking at and they're all on a ship. Mm -hmm. Well, bad news, ship's going down and there's a lifeboat that only holds eight. So your project is to decide which eight get to get in the lifeboat and you have to tell why. So it's kind of like an ethics (laughs) course, right? Okay. So, so, but what Donald Miller said is We live our lives like we're trying to prove to everyone that we deserve to be one of the ones in the lifeboat. So we wear, we wear, Mm. we put bumper stickers on our car to, to, to just align ourselves with something. We wear t-shirts or hats or, you know, game jerseys or whatever of people that we want to align ourselves with to hopefully give ourselves value so that other people will see that we have value and that I, I fit in your life. But that's exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. And I that's thought that is so good. That was Donald Miller. Yeah. Donald Miller. He wrote blue, blue like jazz. He wrote blue kind like jazz. More famous yep. books. But his second book, I actually enjoyed more. What was it called again? Searching for God knows what. Searching for God knows what. Super good. So, little author uh, shout out there. Yeah. It's Donald Miller. Good we like him. So yeah, I, I love that though. You know, kind of live in our lives to figure out, do I fit in this person's lifeboat, so to yeah. speak? Like, do I fit in there? Do I, do I have value right. to that person or that group? And man, I think, especially, I think middle school and high school are those times in life. Maybe, I think middle school is where that really, really begins. Maybe fourth, fifth grade. I don't know. But I think really sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I see that as the time in life where you are so intently trying to figure that out, right? Yes. Like, where do I fit in now? Is it sports or arts or whatever? The, these these kids, these kids, that group, this group, whatever. What do I like? What am I into? What am I not into? Who, you know, who can I right. hang out with? Whatever. And, I, and obviously that just extends on into high school. And, right. and so... And into adulthood, but you know, yes. I think it's just so concentrated there. And yeah. um, you're right. I think there's a lot of that going on where it's just, especially as a, if you're a young believer, a young Christian, and then you kind of have that part of it where, okay, I, I know I have like, that's obviously a huge part of my life. It should be the main part right. of my life. But I, you know, yeah, I don't want to be the weird person. I don't want right. to be the person who doesn't ever fit in or can't ever have friends. Um, you said the word value though. And I think that's, really the key, right? I think as, as we're kind of starting and asking that question, okay, how do I fit in with these people? For me, as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking, okay, I guess as we're digging down into our hearts, really, again, am am I trying to fit in because I want to be an influencer for Jesus? Do I want to share the gospel with people? Do I want to, do I want to give something? Yeah. Or am I just trying to fit in? Am I just trying to kind of get something? So the way I kind of phrase that I think is, um, man, we need to know from the outset, and I know this is much easier said than done, but I think we need to know from the outset, am I living for value? Am I trying to get value from people? Right. Or am I living from value? Do I know that I have value? And then 
am I able to go into those relationships with that mindset, understanding, you know, who I am Christ already? Right. Because value is, it's a basic human need. We were created for belonging, for value, for love. It's one of our primary needs. Um, We just need to distinguish between fitting in and belonging. Um, We were created for community, right? right? God, one of the first things that he says is not good is for man to be alone, right? Right. We weren't made to fly solo. We were not made to be reclusive and just go into our own thing and not not have community. We were made for community. Ecclesiastes talks about two are better than one because if you fall down, you got somebody to pick you back (laughs) up, right? And who has fallen down in this world? Yeah. And so we are made for community, but it's what kind of community are we going to align ourselves with Hmm. and at what cost? Yeah. Um, At what cost? And and, uh, if we know who we are, if we're confident in who we are, and we don't need something from someone, we can walk in as the giver in that community. We can walk in as serving people and confident. And I'm telling you, there is nothing more um, attractive than someone who is confident in who they are. They're not constantly looking over their shoulder to see if someone's watching or paying attention to them. They're just confident in who they are and they do what they're called to do. And that... um, they add value. Yeah, to I mean, instantly I think about Jesus. Obviously, yes. I mean, there's so many great characters that we see in Scripture that do, in in ways, live that out. But obviously, we see a lot of flawed people, a lot of broken people, and even in that, like, I th- okay, somebody in the Old Testament I think about is like Elijah, who, if you don't know who Elijah is, Elijah was a prophet, right? And we see him. Uh, in the Old Testament, First Kings, Second Kings, and he's in there, and he's obviously this guy that he's sort of isolated. He doesn't have many friends, if any. <laughs> um, there's a couple, couple other folks, um, but he is just so. Um, he is confident in who the Lord is, and he's a guy of prayer. He just prays and prays and prays. He seeks the Lord. He does some miracles. He he goes up against the prophets of Baal, yeah. and Mount Carmel, and all that. But shortly after that, he has to run away, right? Because they're after him. They're trying to kill him. The mm-hmm. the queen Jezebel. She's she's kind of coming after him. Ahab's wife, and she's mean. To, she yeah, <laughs> she's a rough one. And uh, she, he has to run into the wilderness, and he goes and kind of hides. Um, he goes up on this mountain that God sends him to, and then. And there's this whole scene where God comes and meets with him. And anyway, long story short, he just, God ends up kind of whispering to Elijah and kind of reminding him, look, I, I know that, because Elijah kind of complains, right, about yeah, a lot of right. things going on. <laughs> Woe is me. But, and God has to kind of remind him, right, you know, I, I, I know that it can be really difficult being my person. Yeah. It can be lonely. Right. It can be isolating. But he reminds him, one, who he is as God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that because he shows him some powerful yeah. things, but then in that whisper. But also he kind of reminds him, too, there are, uh, I do have more people. Right. They're out there. Yeah. And I'm sending you to them for, for, for my name's sake, but for their good as well. And anyway, so, but then I think about Jesus and you talk about like an attractive <laughs> yeah. human being. And right. when we say attractive, attractive in the sense of just someone that people want to be around. Right. I mean, Jesus was the kind of guy that, yeah, I mean, obviously some people hated him, um, kind of more the the staunch, prideful, religious right. types. They didn't like him too much, but but the people that were broken, yeah. the people that were hurting in the world, the tax collectors and the, quote, sinners, right? right, and even prostitutes, that he would spend time around these people because they saw in him 
someone who was not trying to take anything from them. Right. He wasn't just trying to. Because he didn't need anything. Right. He He didn't need anything. He was so confident in himself and in his father and who he was. And he just went into every, I think he went into every relationship, every situation to give. Right. And he even said, right, like the son of man, I did not come here to be served, to get from you. Right. I came here to serve. I came Absolutely. here to give to you, give, yes. uh, like add to you and, 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 and bestow upon you what I already know that I have right. in, in my father. Yeah. Um, that's a, I think that's a key. Yes. That's a key in this. That world. is a key. Yep. I was thinking about, um, the pull though for fitting in. Yeah. Um, Peter is one of my favorite, like, I love yeah. studying Peter the apostle. He is just, he was, he was up and he was down and he was, yeah. you know, so at one point he says, Jesus, I will never leave you. Like, I, mm-hmm. like these guys, they might leave, but, but man, I'm your guy. Like, I, I'm going to die for you. And that very night, <laughs> someone comes up to him in the crowd yeah. when he is following Jesus, Jesus is arrested and he's following Jesus and he's out in this courtyard and he's asked three times by this kind of crowd of people, right? The kind of in crowd at that sure, point, because right. they were kind of winning right then, right? right? He was asked, um, if, if. Peter even knew Jesus. And he was like, nah, man, I don't know. I don't know who he is. He was asked three times and, and just changed who he was. Mm -hmm. So the cost of fitting in is, um, is high. Yeah. And we actually see Peter do that. Well, Paul talks about him doing it in Galatians. Yes. Paul, Paul kind of calls Peter out too. So Peter had a little bit of a struggle. He had a little bit of struggle with fitting in. Peter was, if you don't know that story in Galatians, Paul kind of references anyway, that Peter was acting differently around the Jews. Right. When the, or around the Gentiles, when the Jews came into town or whatever, like he started being, oh, oh, I don't hang out with the Gentiles when the Jews are in town. Because the Jews were the in crowd. A little bit more concerned (laughs) with fitting in. Right. Um, So there's kind of both sides, right? Like obviously we know that fitting in in and of itself for the sake of fitting in right right that's dangerous yeah. because you're gonna that's a slippery slope um you said this we were talking about it the other day and you said about like uh, you know how if, if we're always trying to fit in how popular culture is oh, man. so shifting it's yes. so changing that's such a super great wiggly plot. super yes. wiggly that's a that is a stephanie word yeah. we should have like stephanie words of the day if you say it we'll have like a ding ding she said wiggly she said fantastical I do um, think that we should have a vocab word of the day, like behoove, <laughs> and challenge the students if they use it and in the proper context, then they get like points. Use behoove <laughs> in a sentence. Right. I would, man, if I heard a middle school boy use the word behoove correctly, it'd be amazing. That, it'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So obviously we have this, this always this tension as right. Christians. Like we do want to have friendships and we want to be people that are relevant in the sense that we can hang out with other human beings yes. and not be awkward and not <laughs> right. be weird. Um, like Paul says, I kind of am who I need to be right. for every group of that. people That's right. Share the gospel with yep. them, but at what cost, right? And, right? and we have to dig into our hearts to go, do I want to fit in because I, I, I want to influence people for Jesus or do I want to fit in because I want to fit in? Motivation is huge. <laughs> it is absolutely paramount. We have to constantly be looking at our yeah. hearts and we have to ask God to examine our hearts mm-hmm. and show us. That's part of our prayer life. When we say, God, examine my heart and tell me where there's wickedness, where there's where I'm off, off, yeah. off the path that I'm supposed to be on. And, um, yeah, sometimes that's it. I remember that in high school. I remember 
striving so hard to fit in yeah, and just sort of like, I, I, and I'll tell you where it came. And this is just for me, I would say, I didn't know who I was in Christ. I knew right. Jesus and I knew that I knew who he was. And I, I, I was a Christian in high school, but man, I hadn't really been discipled in that. And I, and I hadn't, I was not in the word regularly. Right. I was not connected well to church. And man, I just wasn't constantly being reminded who I was by God's word and by other Christians, things like that. And I didn't really have that community. Right. And so I was constantly looking for other people to tell me who I am That's exactly and right. for validation, right? Validation from anybody who would give it to me, right? whether that be just other guys that I would hang out with or a girlfriend or sports and things that I could do or accomplish or whatever. It was, there was no in, inherent sense of I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works. Like yeah. Paul says in Ephesians two, that, um, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ and then created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. Right. right? This amazing value we have as Christians. And I just didn't, I didn't have that understanding then. Right. And so I know that I was just living to fit in and I, and I did, and you know yeah. what? I fit in, I yeah. fit in real well <laughs> right. with the world and it right. did cost a lot. It, it did. It, yeah. You end up empty. Uh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't until, um, Really, my my latter years, or latter year, uh, really of high school, that I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in just a minute, but um, that I, you know, I did start to understand more of who I was in Christ, and that man, that completely changed the way I thought about it things, does. changed my mindset on some of that. Yeah. Um, so let's take a pause real quick, um, and we're going to do this from time to time on our podcast as well. We're going to take a little pause here in the middle, and I'm going to give you guys a, a quick announcement. Yeah. Um, so if you are listening to this, whether you're a student or a parent or whatever, um, this summer we are doing a thing that we, we do most summers called CIY Move Conference. It's July 19th through 23rd. Yeah. Uh, you've been to CIY? I CIY. love CIY, yes. Um, it's, a, it's a big conference that we go, like a big camp. Um, it's up in Cleveland, Tennessee. If you would like to sign up, if you're in currently an 8th or 12th, 8th through 12th grade, uh, you can sign up for that. It is uh, $320 total, $65 deposit due by the end of February. So you can yes. actually email me. Uh, my email will be at the end of the podcast. Um, or if you got my number, you know, you can text me or come to come to the point here at Eastridge on Sunday nights at 530 and you can drop a deposit right there. So we'd love to have yes. you go. 8th graders, 9th graders, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. Um, it's a lot of fun this summer. So yes. And if you're listening out. and you don't have a student, but you would like to sponsor a student or help pay for yeah. a yeah. student then that happens we, every year yes so it cool. is such a blessing great ministry such a blessing yes good call yes so um man I, I, so we kind of ended just there on this this thought of our value being in christ and man if we don't know that we don't know who we are in him obviously that fitting in is going to be a lot more of a temptation a lot more of a draw to right. just want to be like the world right um versus just kind of being in the world, but different from the world right. and being able to be influencers uh, in the world. Because look, gosh, as Christians, we're just not always going to fit in. Look, you know? <laughs> we've got we some scripture don't. here. Look, from um, from John the Baptist, all the, all the, all the prophets. Oh, if we man. look at Talk all the prophets, fit in, yes, man. bless their hearts. <laughs> John the Baptist wore the camel's hair and, and <laughs> ate bugs. And it's like, oh my gracious, Paul. I mean, everyone had this. Yeah. Um, and, and if we're honest... Even the most popular kids ever, like they have the looks, they have the talent, they have the whatever, they still feel like outsiders yeah. because a lot of times um, when we try and fit in, we're wearing a mask yeah. where people don't really know us because right. to, to belong, you have to be fully known 
and fully loved. And so if someone is loving you, but you know that you've been fake all of this time, then you know in your heart of hearts that they're not really loving you. Mm -hmm. They're loving your mask. Right. And as soon as you take off your mask, you have this fear that they're going to catch you yeah. at being who you, you know really are. You know, they love the version of you that you let them see. Yes. And it is mm -hmm. exhausting yeah. <laughs> to keep that mask real, real pretty and nice. And so <laughs> yeah. I've got some scripture though. Like some of the scripture, you just, um, John 15, Jesus says, if the world hates you, mm -hmm. know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. And yeah. so um, we're not always going to fit in. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's just part of, part of being a Christian. Yeah. Um, but we can always love and serve and do what Jesus called us to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think of um, where Jesus on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this to, to his disciples. He sits his, his disciples down. He starts to give, he gives them the Beatitudes. Yes. Right? Blessed are so the, rich. The, the poor in spirit and the pure in heart and the those who hunger and thirst for right. Like right. he's kind of saying, and you talked about this last week, blessed meaning kind of really meaning happy. And right. Like you're happy and you're content if you're poor in spirit, if you're <laughs> pure, if you're hungering for righteousness, if you're right. meek, not like, man, in, in the world... And we talk about fitting in with the world. If you want to fit in with the world, you got to be powerful. You got to right. be rich. You got to yes. be talented. You got to right. be well, gotta whatever. Have it all together. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You're actually blessed if your life doesn't look like that. Right. But you're seeking first, and that's saying that same sermon. Yeah. Seeking first, Matthew six thirty three, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Well, he also says this. He tells his followers to be salt and be light. Mm. Right. So he says, you are the salt of the earth. Uh, you're a city on a hill, you know, in this, you're the light of the world. And, and those two images, I love the two images because salt and light, I mean, what are they? They're, they're change agents, yes. right? They're, they're, they're things in the world that we look at as these are two of the most unique and individual change agents known to man. So salt, and this is, I love Jesus in the way that he teaches and he's so brilliant. Obviously he's God, but he, <laughs> he, he knows what he's talking about. And salt has, smart. salt is the most useful, um, mineral known to man. It has over 14,000 and uses, right? Nice. Salt, that is incredible. Yes. I tried to think of, I was like, I could think of like eight, but it has like <laughs> over 14,000 uses. And I think when he said, be the salt of the earth, he's simply telling his believer, his, his followers, be very, be the kind of people who are good for society, right. right? Be the kind of people who are useful in this world, Yes. right? And then he says, be the light of the world. And I think that's the kind of the same idea, but he's, I think he's more so when he says light of the world, talking a little bit more about the truth that we live in, yeah. the words that, that we say and that we share the gospel and those kind of things. So that as we go about living our life that way, they see the good works that we're doing, he yes. says, and they'll glorify your, your father in heaven. So um, he says, be salt and be light. So man, I think just practically when we're thinking about how do I fit? in, you know, with the world, um, you know, salt and light always have a place in the world. Everybody needs salt. Everybody needs yes. light. Um, whether they know that they do or not, everybody needs. And so just putting that down to bringing that down to earth, doing good works, mm -hmm. or like you said, serving people, servants, 
fit in everywhere. Right. right? Uh, Everybody loves them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never have I been in a situation where I was like, oh, I would hate if someone helped me do something. Right. You know? um, like servants are always welcome yes. in every situation. Now, they might not agree with what you believe. They right. might not come to church with you or whatever. But if you're a servant of people, again, like Jesus said, I came to serve and not be served. Yes. Um, and you're going to have a place in any and every situation. Right. Um, and then obviously as, as you're the light and we live in a dark world that needs to know what the truth is. Yes. And, and we get to kind of, we get to be that. So Jesus, that's what he calls us to be. And here's kind of the, the interesting thing on the other side of that real quickly, um, where he says, you're the salt of the earth. And mm-hmm. then he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? And I, I had to kind of look into that and think about what, what, what does he mean by that? Because here's what I found. Salt actually can't lose its saltiness except for one way. If it gets mixed with dirt or the earth, so to speak, right? So I think what Jesus meant was you lose your saltiness by trying so hard to fit in that you become like that. So we have to be so intentional and so careful as we go to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world that we're not doing that to be like the world. Right. Because we can't make a difference in the world unless we're different than the world. Right. We're going to be different. Salt is, that's why salt's great because you eat some broccoli and it's just broccoli <laughs> and then you put a little salt on it and you eat it and it changed yes. it. It's like, oh, it's something new. Yes. And it's yes. delicious. That's exactly um, right. It makes this, me think the, uh, the Bible always plays out in modern science, psychology, yeah. all the mm-hmm. ologies, like the Bible <laughs> always plays out. And it's so funny because um, it's, it, is, it is a known fact psychologically with your actions, with your words, with your lingo, you become a conglomeration of the five closest people that you allow to influence your life. You start talking like them, you start acting like them, you start, you know, doing what they do, loving what they love. Yeah. Um, the five people that you allow influence into your life. And this is, you can look it up. It, it, this is a proven psychological thing. Um, and and I, I love this, this uh, quote, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That is... Yeah. Yes. And so salt, when it starts mixing in, when it has those five friends that are not salty, they might be (laughs) oregano or something, whatever they are, they start mixing it up. We lose our saltiness. And so we have to be very intentional about who we hang with. Now, does that mean that we don't have Christian friends? Absolutely not. They need to know Jesus, but we have to have a, we have to have a more influential group of friends, Yes, whether it's two or three or whatever, we have to have a more influential group of friends that, um, that we allow to pour into us. Yeah. Community. Community is key. I hope you guys, if you're listening to that, that you just wrote down what you just said about having the more influential group of friends now. So I kind of started to share my story a second ago and so I'll just kind of end that up by saying, for me in high school, my freshman, sophomore, junior years, I and I'm not I'm not saying this in, in any kind of prideful way. In fact, I think it's more to my shame than anything else. But I, I was popular, yeah. and I did fit in. <laughs> I fit in with the world very well. Um, and I'll tell you what, I was pretty sad as a person. Um, I mean, I I had what you would want as a high schooler. I mean, I played sports. And what, you know, like I said, I kind of felt like I, I, I had what I achieved, what I wanted to achieve. Um, and yet 
most nights I remember thinking in high school, what's the point of this? Right. You know, and yeah, what's the point? And, and like you said, I love that too about, you know, you're not fully known by people. Right. Because I, I knew that was true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they know me, but they don't know me. Right. Um, they don't know my heart. They don't know my desires. They don't really know who I, you know, and, 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 and gosh, I just remember feeling like it was meaningless and it was pointless. It was, I was living that kind of Ecclesiastes life yeah. of King Solomon that had everything. Everything. And at the end of his life, he's writing Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books of the Bible, by the yeah. way, if you haven't read Ecclesiastes, but it's just so, it, it's kind of dark, but it's very profound. And he keeps saying all is meaningless, all is toil. It's chasing after the wind. Yeah. And I felt that, like I was chasing after the wind. And, and what happens when you chase wind? One, you look stupid. <laughs> Two, you, you, you're exhausted because you're never going to stop running. And three, even if you catch it, you're empty handed, <laughs> right. right? So you, you can catch wind all you want to, but you're still empty handed. And I felt that, man. And, and so my senior year of high school, I found this new community and I got connected to the church. And what? actually, yeah, I know. It was That's crazy. a good thing. The church I actually grew up at, Eastridge. <laughs> yeah. And then I actually got connected to it because I had some friends that kind of pulled me in and wouldn't give up on me. Hallelujah. Thank yes. you. Be those kinds that. of friends. Be those yes. kinds of friends. And so I found this new community where I knew now as I was going into my high school senior year, like I still had my school friends and my other right. friends and that was all fine, but I wasn't looking for value from them. And I wasn't just trying to like chase after the wind all the time right. and try to fit in with everything because I knew where I belonged yeah. in God's kingdom. I was seeking first more so yeah. his kingdom and his righteousness and right. knew that I, I was his and I was more confident in that. Yeah. I was, it's kind of funny. I was, I was a more confident person because I was confident in the Lord, but I was a less cocky person, right? you know, because I was confident in the Lord That's and not exactly in me. Right. And I wasn't, I wasn't chasing after the wind anymore. So man, community is key. I, I, I learned that in my own life. And I think if we don't have real Christian community right. where we know we belong, right. then we're going to seek out non-Christian community where we're just trying to fit in. Right. And as Christians, yeah. we must be fiercely loyal to yes. one another. Yes. We need to, no matter where Fiercely this person, loyal. yes, right. no matter where this person kind of shakes out in the, in the hierarchy of popularity in our right. high school or in our middle school, yep. if we know that they are brother or sister in Christ, we are fiercely loyal to them. We need yeah. one another, guys. Yeah. It is not an option. We need one another to remind us who we are and whose we are. Yeah. Um, and we need to seek the higher things, which, which is the life that God laid out for us, not what culture has for us, because we talked about it earlier. Culture is right. going to change. It's super wiggly. And if we continue to just try and chase after um, what's popular at the time, the, mm. the right shoes, the right haircut, the right clothes, the, the right, right lingo. TikTok dance. Yes. Which oh, I still don't understand. my gracious. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if we keep chasing after that, we are going to be frustrated mm -hmm. and 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 it's just it leaves us like you said with Chase wind in our hands <laughs> there's nothing yeah. yeah um i love one of the most classic verses you probably heard a million times if you grown up in church romans 12 1 and 2 don't be conformed so i love that i think this is so applicable to this topic yes do not be conformed right. any longer to the pattern of the world again like don't just seek to fit in right he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will, uh, uh, and, and perfect will. So this whole idea of, man, if if I'm just seeking to fit in, if I'm just seeking to do that, right? You look, listen, you will fit in, I'm sure. Right. If you just want to fit in, yeah, you can, you can fit find in. a way. That's, that's exactly that's right. Um, but man, if you want to be a person who is in the will of God, 
then that takes being transformed in your mind. And I think that transforming that Paul is talking about there is that, again, I know that I'm not living for anyone's approval, right. anyone's value to give to me, but I'm living from the approval God has already given me. Yes. I'm living from the value that he's already bestowed upon me in Christ Jesus. He says, again, Ephesians 2.10, you are God's workmanship yes. created in Christ. That word is poema in the Greek. It's it's literally your God's poem, your God's craftsman, your God's artwork, yes. his masterpiece. Right. That's so much value. And you can go into the world and go hang out with your non-Christian friends knowing I'm God's workmanship, created right. to do good works. Yes. Created to come into this friendship and give and give and give and serve and serve and serve and love and love and love, not trying to get anything from these people, right? but trying to give to them what right. I have out of the value God's given me. So. Yes. And that is the light that we shine that gives glory to God. People look yeah. at it and, and they see our good works and our light shines. And it's not our light. It's Christ's yeah. light through us. And I love in John 1 where it talks about how Jesus is the light of the world and the light is the life of men and the light cannot be overcome by darkness. Yeah. And so when we have that in our lives, we have darkness in our lives. We have things that come in our right. lives, things that really stink, you know? Right. Um, but the darkness cannot mm -hmm. overcome that light of Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good stuff. So good. Yes. Um, man, I hope this has been helpful as you've been listening and, uh, you know, go back and play it again. There was a few good, I mean, I know you made some Excellent points in you there. You made excellent points <laughs> well, as well, sir. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, some of that stuff about like living, you know, the value and all that kind of stuff and being fully known and, yeah. and, and whether or not you actually are allowing people to know who you are and having that community, that kind of stuff. Guys, that's so, so, so valuable. So anyway, thank you all for listening to today and this week, um, next week. So we're actually going to kind of have a sort of a part two to this um, next week. But I think uh, we're going to turn a little bit into a different direction next week as we had another question come in that was this. How do I actually walk away from relationships that I need to walk away from? Yeah. So maybe as we're talking about this, there might be a time. When we do need to say, okay, I, I, I can't be in this, whether it's like a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship right. or um, a just a friendship yeah. where it's very unhealthy. Yeah. How do I, as a Christian, how do I walk away from that the right way? Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about next week. Awesome. Hope you guys will tune in for that. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening so much. It's yes. been great. Yes. And as always, seek first the, the kingdom, kingdom of God. God. Thank you for listening to the Seek First podcast. We hope and pray that you have been encouraged and empowered to seek first the kingdom and righteousness of God in every area of your life. If you are a teen or young adult and have a question or topic that you would like Stephanie and Kurt to discuss on Seek First, simply email kurt at eastridge.church. Until next time, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.